Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready for some hot, steamy conversation? <laughs> I don't know about hot, steamy it is, but <laughs> yeah. Good morning and welcome to Coffee Talk. I'm Soy, host of the fastest growing online talk show where we discuss real topics with real people in real situations. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Soy. This is your host welcoming you to your new morning show. I am so excited about being on the air today. And I'm hoping that at the end of this broadcast, the people who are listening will have a renewed, energetic, and productive relationship, working relationship, that is, with the millenniums that they are working with. I have a background in HR with a little bit of spices of employment law and employment benefits. And I found that I'm really passionate about our workplace. I personally have encountered some issues that have caused me to have struggles in my work and professional relationships. I'm sure others have too. And and I think that this show here, what we're going to share on the air, will help some people to have better working relationships. we, we We all need to get up and go to work. You know, we need to provide for ourselves and our children and our families. And we need to work, whether you own your own business or whether you employ with with a small company or a large company, we do have to encounter working with other people, and, and sometimes we have challenges. Well, this morning we're going to be talking about the challenges that affect us that deals with the generational gap. This morning we're going to be talking about specifically the millenniums. Yeah, yeah, those unique individuals that bring energetic or energy and talent to the workforce. But we want to know how to deal with them. How do we begin to respect and appreciate what they bring to the establishment? Well, I have a phenomenal woman here who's going to help me put this information out there with you and have some dialogue about the millenniums in the workforce. I'd love to introduce Kathy, Kathy Miller. Good morning, Kathy. How are you? I am great, Soy. How are you this morning? I'm good. I'm good. I want to officially welcome you to the show. appreciate you being on the air with me this morning and sitting around in the cafe as we chat about these young individuals. You know, I have a few millenniums in my household, so I'm, I'm hoping that some of the dialogue that we discuss can help me learn to have a better relationship with them. How about that? <laughs> well, I hope we can help. <laughs> well, Kathy Miller Miller is known for writing material and providing resolutions for interview tips, career advice, and networking ideas. So she'll be sharing her expertise with us this morning as we venture into this discussion. So, Kathy, have you? How long have you been doing this kind of work? 
Well, I have been in uh, management for over 25 years, soy, uh, for different mm-hmm. sized companies, but found, have found myself often in the role of um, hiring, management, you know, personnel, motivation, um, and those sorts of things. So really over a couple decades now. And do you find that now with the the working structure has changed quite a bit where we have several generations working together under one structure, under one management, under one objective? Have you found it to be more difficult than the past few years? having all these generations working together? Yes, without a doubt, Soy. Um, and much like you, I have to laugh because um, I don't have uh, my millennial still in my household with me, but I have a daughter who's definitely <laughs> in that generation. And, uh, you know, they can be an exhilarating generation, um, but they are also so vastly different from some of the other generations before them that um, combining them all in one workplace, uh, it can make it interesting. And it can be tough for managers because you almost have to have several different styles um, in order to get the best performance out of each of your employees. Well, I I just want to take an opportunity to vent before we get into the discussion. (laughs) One of the the things, Kathy, maybe you can help me first, and this would be a great example for the listeners here. But one of the things that I have recognized, well, it's a pet peeve with me, with, with, with my daughters, is that, not only do they rely on technology, you know, handheld devices is literally attached to their hand. You know, mm-hmm. one daughter, I can't, I can't tear her away from her cell phone. She's always on it, you know. And then I was like, why are you always texting? Well, I'm not texting. Sometimes she's researching, she's looking at things. But, but the mere fact that when I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you and the phone, it, it's a problem. So that's one pet peeve that I have. And and the other is how they tend to lack the face-to-face discussions and they tend more to text you something that they could very well tell you. Now, I, I, I like text. I love texting emails. I think they're great tools to put information out there to announce something as a reminder. But I don't want to have a conversation with you with, through text. You know, so much dialogue mm-hmm. is missed. So, so that's a personal pet peeve for mine, of me, and I'm hoping that at the end of this discussion I can relax a little more. Uh, when she walks into the room and with the cell phone in her hand, so maybe give me some coping. Maybe give me some coping. Some coping I can too. give you some coping. Well, you know you're right, Soy, and um, you know it is. We are the boomers um, are a face-to-face generation, right? Um, I can remember the first time I was actually traveling for work, and and this goes back probably ten years ago, and. Excuse me, I was uh, with with one of my associates, and and they were texting her and her husband all morning, and I finally just said, why don't you just call him? You know, why would you do this? And she's like, you know, you have to understand, Kathy, sometimes you just don't want to talk to somebody, but you want to communicate with them. And I just looked. And I looked at her and I thought, well, that's just the craziest thing I've ever heard. Um, but but to millennials, there is a difference, right? Um, and so they are very techno, um, and they're also very instant gratification, right? You know, mm-hmm. some of the boomers, you know, we had to go back to where you got something in the mail and it was a week or 10 days, you know. These kids mm-hmm. know they can go online, they can download a form, they can buy an app, they can... You know, they can produce so much more so quickly than we can as boomers. And so in the workplace, those are wonderful assets and those are wonderful things for managers where you can get a lot more productivity out of a millennial. Um, 
but like everything in life, nothing is all good, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, on the on the upside, we get a lot more done. They have tracking of conversations. There's less miscommunication, right, because people can go back and reread things. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the downside, we give up a little bit of that personal touch that we like. Now, I understand that you, you coach people as well in these um, in the workforce. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. You do a lot of coaching. Yeah. What, what has been your, maybe your number one or your most complained, your, your highly complained issue with people working with the millennials in that generation? Hmm. Probably a lack. What is perceived as a lack of patience, Zoe. Um okay. And I and I can attest firsthand as a manager, I struggled with that. So, you know, for a boomer, um, a manager might say, you know, do this job, and we're going to have some opportunities in a few years, and a boomer would be fine with that. Mm-hmm. To a millennial, because they are so instant gratification driven, a few years is a lifetime. Um, you know, you have to provide them new opportunities in months you know, in quarters instead of years. And whether that new opportunity is a promotion or just a chance to learn something new or a chance to move across the country, um, they their, their time span is so condensed. And so it can be frustrating for a manager to try to retain a millennial if they don't have a lot of opportunities to put in front of them. What do you think about, like, positive incentives? Like, let's say for managers are listening now and they have some really great workers that are from that from that era, and isn't it possible that they can, you know, when the budget is tight and there's no money to mm-hmm. do that, but as a manager you want to recognize these, these great employees, so can't they do certain things like um, recognize someone in their division, you know, maybe not employee of the month because that would be more of a corporate decision, but like highlight someone in your division or, or do something to give them um, recognition, you think that will help? Um most certainly, Soy. In fact, the other interesting thing about the millennials, they really are not financially driven. Um, they are driven more about giving back and doing good. Um, and uh, so in many cases, just giving them an opportunity maybe to represent the company in a philanthropic effort. You know, maybe you have them lead a United Way drive or, you know, chair something for a local cancer walk. Um, many times that can really help get an, uh, an, a millennial engaged um, and doesn't cost the employer anything. And, of course, on the upside, they get some positive PR. So, so that's huge. Um, you can also take them. Um, they're really big on flex time. You know, they don't believe that their work has to be done in, in a brick-and-mortar building between the hours of 8 and 5. Um, and, and they're showing us as, as managers that they're right. You know, give them some flex time. You know, maybe they take and work from home an afternoon a week, or, you know, maybe they have the flexibility to plan their schedule. I mean, some of the companies now, believe it or not, actually still are going to what's called unlimited vacation time. Um, and it's it's kind of a new concept, and actually the research is pretty overwhelming that, that employers do better with that, um, and people actually take less time off when they have the responsibility and the choice of their own to to decide if they can afford that time away from work. Um, one of the other big things you can do, work-life balance is very important to a millennial, very important. And I, part of that, the research shows, is because they're the first generation where both parents maybe worked, um, and so they covet that time. 
And so it's, you know, it's very common to find a millennial that um, will be content in a job that is maybe less demanding um, than a 60-hour-a-week job, you know. So that's another thing that you can do. Um, One of the other things is coaching. Um, Millennials love coaching. Um, they want a manager that's involved. They want to do their best. You know, they they want, and, and it goes back to, again, as boomers, parents, how we raised them, you know. Um, we constantly told them we, they could do anything. We put them in every sporting event. You know, we wanted them to be the best at everything they did, and so we've kind of ingrained that into them. And so as managers now, um, we need to provide what they're what they're accustomed to and what they're looking for. So those are a few ideas of things managers can do that really don't cost them anything. I like that. I, I, I like that, and I can see how that could be uh, productive to a, to a work mm-hmm. environment. So uh, let's, let, let's share some. Before we do that, I'm going to kind of go back to you mentioned unlimited vacation. What 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 is that? What, I mean, the first thing I'm thinking was, well, I just have to be yeah, five weeks of thinking, like, okay, what what is unlimited vacation? It's, <laughs> it makes it's me want to really go back. It's a new concept. I know. It's really a new concept. The way, like I said, it's really interesting, and I'm enjoying kind of watching some of the research and the companies that have tried it. You know, but in but in the old days, you might get a week after a year, and then maybe at five years, you get two weeks. And for smaller companies, many companies maybe stopped or capped their vacation at three weeks. You know, government positions mm-hmm. maybe would get like six over, you know, 30 years or something, but um, some of the the companies now, and especially companies attracting millennials, um, you know, so think like, um, you know, like an Apple or a techno type company say, you can take as much vacation as you want, but here's your expectations. So in other words, if you can figure out how to get your work done in 30 weeks a year, you can take 22 weeks off. Isn't that crazy? Isn't you that crazy? Uh, yeah, yeah. I can see how that would drive a baby boomer insane. Oh my gosh! You know, you like you had that kind of right? yeah, yeah. You like. But see, the other thing working? with the millennials, <laughs> with the millennials, when they're on vacation, <clears throat> they're still working because that <clears throat> cell phone that drives you nuts that's attached to your hand allows them to easily access emails, reply to people, you know, update docs. They, you know, it's incredible. So. So their vacation also looks different than a boomer's vacation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they never really totally detached themselves from mm-hmm. work. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I have a I think I have a slit of that in in me. Yeah, I'm still learning how to detach myself from work. <laughs> Aren't we all? It's so hard, you know. We roll over in the morning yeah. and the phone's right beside us, and the first thing we do, you know, you check Facebook, you check email, you know. Yeah. Oftentimes before people's feet hit the ground. So, yes, I understand completely. Yeah. That goes back to nothing it, is all good, right? <laughs> and, and, Kathy, you know, the funny thing is that dig, that, that's how you said, well, I can understand that I'm on the vacation now because that's how sometimes my day is dictated. I roll over and I see how much email traffic I have, and that dictates, well, am I going to have a busy morning or a slow morning? Can I do admin stuff this morning, or is it just jump right into a project? So sometimes it, 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 it sets the tone, and then I roll over and I see all the email, bing, 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 and I'm like, okay, all right, let me get some coffee and get myself together and, and jump in on these conversations so it does. Yeah, then off we go. Yeah, off we go. A day of madness. But you know, I love that we shared some positive things and gave some great kudos and and things to do 
to improve that working relationship. Let's just give them some examples of things you really want to steer away from that you really don't want to do if you have a millennial working working for you. Now, my first thought would be micromanage them. Now, is that mm-hmm. what you would also? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Nothing will drive a millennial away quicker. Yes. Um, and, you know, a lot of that, again, and, I, and you know, sometimes as a, you're working with millennials and as boomers, we want to be frustrated. We have to realize we created the beast as parents, right? Um, yeah. Because we told we them they could do anything. Exactly, right? Um, and, again, it goes back to the fact that we told them they could make a difference. Well, it's really tough to make a difference when you feel you're not being allowed to use your brain and to engage and to make decisions and you're not being trusted. Um, you know, all of those things we continually told them as they were growing up as parents. You know, you make good decisions. Oh, it's so good that you're involved in this program, those sorts of things. And so when they get into the workplace and a manager wants to micromanage them and say, you know, add A and B together and then bring it back to me so I can check it before you go to C, screams lack of trust. It screams you know, a lack of belief in their abilities and all of that is incredibly insulting and frustrating to a millennial. So, yeah, micromanaging is is a huge no-no with millennials. Okay, so you micromanagers that are listening, uh, you've heard it from Kathleen Miller-Miller who just laid out that micromanaging is not a good thing to do if you're managing millennials. So how about, now, for this this man and for this boomer, who is micromanaging, how do they still, how do we create that balance where they can get the results they want? Because, you know, they, they're looking at structure. Uh, so I guess they would need to be more flexible in their, their guidelines. So instead of looking for a weekly report or they may want a monthly report. So how, how do they begin to come up with a, an idea where they can, because they want feedback. They want feedback. They want to know things are moving along because they like structure. So they're going to have to be a little more flexible in getting the feedback. So how do we how do we make it a win win? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, and unfortunately, there's no you know magic potion or you know, but there are a few things and a few tips you can do. Um, one of the first things is to maybe go to more of a milestone milestone structure as opposed to a date. So in other words, instead of checking in every Friday. Um, you know, meet with that employee and talk about the task and then turn it over to the employee in the conversation and ask when they think they can be ready with it. You know, oftentimes they'll commit to a date maybe even sooner than the manager expected. But worst case, you have nothing to lose as a manager. So, you know, say you're working on a project and as a manager you want it completed June 1. Then talk with that employee and break it down into milestones and say, okay, well, I'd like my, you know, project scope done uh, by the second week of May. You know, is that doable? And let the employee respond. And then maybe throw it back to the employee and say, okay, now what do you think we should do after that? And let the employee really just drive the process more um, and let them give you your dates. And then as a manager, if they're not giving you the dates you need, then you can kind of coach and explain maybe why you need it sooner and those sorts of things. But it's really about being a co-pilot instead of a pilot, if that makes sense. Absolutely, absolutely. In in, in addition to uh, the warning or the caution of micromanaging, 
any other things jump out at you that that they that they really would want to steer away from so that they can continue to have a you know a positive relationship a working relationship um another big one and I touched on this a little bit earlier um be very respectful of their private time of their personal time um family is really important millennials um you know be very careful of demanding um, that they go outside the confines and work all weekend or work all night, those sorts of things. That's that's a big well, that, one. Well, that, Another that huge one would confusing. be that's That sounds a bit confusing, Kathy, given that they're on a um, they're having uh, you know unlimited vacation time and they like email. <laughs> well, how would yes, that? I, I just want to make sure it's clear to our listeners what that actually means. Well, and keep in mind with the unlimited vacation time, there's just a few big companies trying it right now, so it's by no means caught on with the entire working world out there. So, yeah. Um, And then, you know, one of the other big things, a big no-no with a millennial, you know, if you really want to see them check out, tell them they Mm -hmm. cannot have access to their phones during the day. I mean, you know, they'll leave very quickly. Um, Try to avoid forcing them into your prototype, whatever that looks like. Maybe it's maybe it's dress code, you know. Maybe it's certain hours. And so they're very mm-hmm. independent individuals. So all of that's really important. And probably the final thing to try to avoid is telling them that anything that indicates that they're in a dead end job. You know, not giving them an opportunity to learn new things, telling them there's no opportunity for advancement for promotion. All of those things will make a millennial disengage very quickly. Yeah, you know, you know that there is um, while we are, while we are discussing millennials, there is something that I think managers should hear, and and I think this is really important. I believe that there's a difference between a boss, a manager, and, and a leader. And, oh, and yeah. I think that when you, yeah, and so I, I would want to, while we do want you to have a, you know, a better relationship, a more productive work environment as a result of this broadcast, we do want you to be mindful of where you are and how you can grow as a manager as well by just being a better leader overall. Yeah, and I think the best way, and I appreciate that, Zoe, you're, you're dead on. I mean, to me, a boss, tells an employee what day to have it done. A leader has a conversation with an employee and says, when do you, I'm sorry, a manager has a conversation with an employee and says, you know, when do you think you can get it done? And a leader says, what do you think we need to do? Oh, I love it. Can you say that again? You know? Yeah. Um, A boss, yeah, sure. A boss tells an employee what to do and when. A manager has a conversation with an employee and helps them decide what needs done. And a leader looks at an employee and says, what do you think we need to do? And if we approach our conversations with our staff like that, you'll see just Mm -hmm. an incredible empowering, you know, um, and an empowerment move from the employee, which typically drives much higher productivity you know, higher retention, all of those wonderful things that we strive for. I love that. I love that. 
I have a, I have really enjoyed chatting with with you, Kathy. I feel so we can just chat all day. We 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 should do this again, huh? We should. Let's just keep the coffee going. <laughs> keep it hot. Keep it brewing. Keep it going. So speaking That's about right. keeping it going, what's new for you coming up? What what are you doing these days? Oh, very busy over at the the team at Kathy Miller Miller is very busy. Um, recently published a book uh, that some of your listen, listeners may benefit from. Um, it's called Your Journey from Fired to Hired. Um, and it's, it's a book designed to help those you know, find themselves all of a sudden unemployed, um, you know, through a layoff or a job termination. And it's just kind of a quick read that kind of helps them, A, understand that they're not alone, um, and they're not a failure. Uh, talks about tips on interviewing, you know, what to say in an interview after you've been fired, um, how to pick the pieces back up, um, and move forward. So um, it's a book that a lot of my readers have found really encouraging and, and uplifting at a time that can be pretty hard otherwise. So so mm-hmm. we're doing that. Um, and uh, I blog frequently. I would encourage all your listeners to uh, check out my website, and they can find that at uh, com. And I do want to spell my name. It's a little unique story. It's Kathy, K-A-T-H-I, Miller, Miller.com. Again, that's K-A-T-H-I, Miller, Miller.com. So, would love for your uh, listeners to come to my website and, and continue a conversation with me there as well, whether it's through commenting on blogs. Um, and they can also email me directly if they'd like, and they can do that uh, to Kathy at KathyMillerMiller.com. So um, would love to engage with them. Yeah, and, and, and when you do engage with her, let, let her know that you, you heard her interview on Coffee Talk with Soy, and uh, we both will be happy, happy to hear that as, as you begin to uh, engage with her. I, I, I really have enjoyed uh, this conversation. I am, I'm actually, I, I have some questions for you as well off off the air, because I'm curious as to, is there a way that people can prepare for uh, termination, like if there's going to be a layoff, <clears throat> I'm interested to know if if your book covers that preparation for it. You know, a lot of people go into a, a mode of depression or um, or embarrassment as they are as they become aware that their position is ending, and so mm-hmm. I, I think that that will be. A, I'm just curious as to that. I got a question about yeah. that on on yeah. Did you? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and, it, you know, the book actually takes it, um, you know, from termination forward, but I will say the very first chapter of the book, Soy, does speak to that um, in the sense that, you know, there are, you know, millions, you know, 8 million people to be exact <laughs> were fired last year. So the first thing in the acceptance is, first of all, to realize you're not alone. Um, the second thing is that not, you know, not everybody is a good match for every employer. You know, some people absolutely blossom and thrive in one environment and struggle and flail in another, and that doesn't make you a bad person. Um, It just means it's a bad match. Um, And so that's the second piece. But the third piece, which is just, you know, normally very um, encouraging to people is to realize some of the absolutely famous and successful people that were fired in their life. Um, Did you know Walt Disney was fired because he lacked creativity? Wow. You know, Oprah, yeah. Oprah Winfrey was fired as a reporter 
because she got too close to her stories, supposedly, and connected too much with her listeners. Yet she turned that very same skill set around and made herself phenomenally successful. Wow. And they're, yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. And they're just example yeah. after example. And and I, I think that's really the first piece for people to realize is it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Well, thank you, Kathy Miller-Miller, for sharing that. It's going to be okay. And, there, and, and it also says to us that there is hope. Sometimes being inspired can be one of, the, one of the best things that happens in your life. I've heard that testimony as well. But thank you for joining well, me in the cafe today, Kathy. I appreciate that. It has been completely my pleasure, Soy, and I hope you have a wonderful weekend and the same to all of your listeners. Thank you. Thank you. All right, folks, that concludes our segment for today's show. I've enjoyed having you sit in on this conversation. Join me next week as well. Next Saturday, 10 a.m., your new morning show happens right here with Soy. Don't forget to visit the website and let me know what you think about what you heard today. Voice your comments, your opinions, and also make suggestions about things you'd like to hear. Look for me on social media, too. I can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the show name. And don't forget, download that app. Have a great week. Thanks for listening.